0: I started to learn how to play the piano when I was very young. At first, by ear, I would pick out tones on the keyboard to mimic what I was hearing. The story, as my father tells it, was that I would hear the national anthem being played every morning at school, and then I would come home and work out how to play it on my tiny little keyboard. It was then decided that I should probably take formal lessons and develop my ear play into some actual skill. As I began to listen and play more standard literature, Beethoven stood out to me. Boy, was he moody. (laughs) One of the first was, of course, the later named Moonlight Sonata that I was obsessed with. I tried learning it immediately. I wanted to feel what it felt like to play his music. I was curious what was going through the mind of Beethoven when he was creating this piece, or even many of his others. Life must have been soul-aching in some way. Some say he was inspired by the murder scene in Mozart's Don Giovanni. Hector Abrelios calls it one of those poems that human language does not know how to qualify. This curiosity to delve into the artist's mind has continued, and does even now. What muse guided the pen of that poet, the brush of this painter and the hands of that sculptor? Even the natural world around us has some life-giving force around it. What causes the crickets to chirp, the whale to sing, and my cat to meow? It's true, those of us living now in this world have seen things that rock the boat of our spirit, to feel the weight of atrocities carried out before our eyes, drive fear into our minds, that cause us to question purpose in all things. But this has happened before. So, what music is being written now? What poems are filtering through the minds of our current world? If you just look for it around you, the history is being made. As difficult as it may seem to live through sometimes, another day comes, a chance to begin again. Music was my gateway into curiosity, a way to express the questions tumbling around in my mind, and to spin a thread to the past to try to understand this life that I'm in. Eventually, I discovered that I could sing, experimenting with another instrument that was always hiding alongside. When I began to study this new art inside of me, it came with so many other things to navigate, the things that most teenagers contend with and just the way of living. In my later years of college, the real journey to finding my voice began. I was not alone. So many of us were searching for ourselves in the mirror, on a stage, in a recording. Who were we? One of those people was someone I would later call a really great pal. Dion also found a light at the end of a long, wandering road of misidentity, uncertainty, and an urge to break free to find himself. The road to finding his voice. Dion Isaiah now makes his life in Norway with his wife, Ramona, and his four kids, with even newer steps to grow into his self-discovery journey. It was great fun to catch up with my old friend, a friendship that started in music, continued in some really fun adventures, waded through some difficult times, and continues into writing his own sonata, seeking out a new day in the morning light. Just a fair content warning here. This episode, we talk about verbal and physical abuse, death, and emotional effects of racism. I hope you enjoy this hour with my friend living across the world, just in conversation with Dion Isaiah. So
1: Dion yes it's been a minute it's been a long time man yeah a long time and you're living in norway now yeah i'm living in norway i've been living here for about nine years but i actually came here as an exchange student uh what 11 years ago
0: okay yeah i was going to talk about how that happened i remember when you went Hmm. and then i sort of just lost track of you and then suddenly you are a recording artist and you have a wife and three kids in norway <laughs> four now four yes that's right you just you just had one recently
1: yes had a baby girl oh, oh my gosh i was looking yeah. at the
0: photos by the way beautiful family oh
1: thank you man I beautiful appreciate kids it. yeah appreciate
0: it. um I, so i think the last time you and i like actively were like hanging out was uh a long time <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. long time ago in that trip to England.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was me. I still remember that trip. Every oh yeah part of that trip. Yes. It was right. one of the greatest time of my life. So Yeah.
0: And you and I uh really were developing our little friendship there.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did.
0: I think it's because we were assigned roommates, right?
1: Yeah, we were. We were. So Yeah. Which, is, which was which was actually a surprise for me because uh I, I did not expect for you to be my roommate, but uh Yeah. It was, that was some great times, man.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I probably, my, my memory is, um, I didn't know you that well at the time. No. And, um, I think so. They, something happened where they just assigned us as roommates together. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I was honestly like a little like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. But it, <laughs> end, <laughs> but it ended up, uh, we were kind of forced to get to know each other. Yeah. And, and it turned yeah. out that we were actually, uh good compadres like we were we yeah a, yeah we were like we did, man. every time we had an outing we'd like dress up and like what's the <laughs> outfit we're gonna wear <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: man that was fun oh it was fun man totally fun it was just like uh, like i said some uh, memory that memories i will not forget
0: was traveling to england like one of your first major travel
1: experiences no, actually, okay. uh, I, I, I traveled to Puerto Rico. I was doing uh, something called the Habitat for Humanity. Oh, yeah. So uh, I traveled there uh, and that was my first experience. I was like a teenager. Mm. And uh, that was my first experience of traveling outside of the U.S.
0: Yeah. What was that mm-hmm. like for you? Whoa, well,
1: it was uh, a changing experience because over there in Puerto Rico, it's, uh, the poverty level was very uh, high so Mm. and but they were happy and that's this crazy thing about it and so um just to see like um like the differences between the states and going to a country that's totally different culture wise yeah um just kind of opened my eyes uh, to wanting to explore more countries
0: yeah um i hear that a lot actually and i just uh do you remember my my college roommate Dave David? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I just did an episode with him and yeah. um we were even we were talking about travel. You know, mm. uh and all the, about how travel changes you and you see different cultures. But I also hear a lot about people that almost have nothing sometimes are happier. Yes. Because facts. Yeah, right? Like there's the it is now, and I've noticed that when I I traveled um, Europe a couple of years ago mm-hmm. just to have like a solo trip and to kind of ease the burdens of all my stuff, I just took a backpack and whatever I could mm-hmm. fit in there. So just like a f- few change of clothes and whatever. I remember feeling so you know, happy. Yeah. Like this is all I need. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take what I need. And I remember the throwing things out, like throwing them in the garbage. I was like, I don't need that. Like the less I had, (laughs) the the better. Yeah. And then, so it took a, I mean, obviously it took a minute to get back to that. And I'm like, when I went back to my other hotel and I had all my stuff again, and then going back to my apartment and having all these things, it was kind of like, oh, this is so unnecessary. But you know, of course, slowly you get back into it. And but it is, it is an experience that you, um, you really are forced to realize like, just what you need, and that's, there's less to keep track of, of your happiness.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, that experience like changed my whole—I mean, I'm, I, I came from—I mean, a lot of people don't know this, but I came from a religious sect. So, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew all about having nothing because my mom was a single parent. And so I, had, I grew up poor. And so, um, but when I was, when I went to Puerto Rico, they were worse. <laughs> mm. And so that, that even opened my eyes even more about, especially when it comes to like materialistic things and stuff like that, I, that wasn't really on my, my, my mind having the finest things or anything like that. Yeah. I was, I was always grateful and content with what I have. So and still yeah. am.
0: Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. Now that you're, t- you're saying that I remember that a little bit, um, mm that you had, I guess, you had a very non-traditional upbringing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, it was, like I said, it was a religious sect, and it was just one person controlling this small group of um, people that come to the church. And uh, I was one of those people in the group, and uh, it was... Not great memories at all, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, um, I mean, everything was about the Bible and you know going strictly by the Bible, and you know, if you didn't do what the Bible said, uh you know bad things would happen to you, and I mean, all the stuff that you see on uh, TV and stuff about like these small sect is true, you know, mm-hmm. and so um it was really I didn't get out to get out of this sect until I was like eighteen years old. Um, so, and it was hard. It was, it it was, it was a battle because I was battling people that was trying to, um, force me into something that I didn't believe in. Mm. And, uh, luckily I had my, my fortunate to have my sister. We, We had this very close bond. So we knew that this was wrong and we knew that we had to get out of it somehow. So, um, yeah, uh, it was my high school year and my teacher she was an opera singer and she knew she knew dr bullock and uh, and you know she called dr bullock up and said uh I did you hear the singer and so i just went and audition and i that's how i got into Charleston southern university yeah. so um but yeah it it was it was a struggle because when you're in the, when you're in a small sect you basically have no control i mean and I was always taught to not speak up, not have my opinions. Um, I was always forced to do things that I didn't want to do. Uh, he was the person that was the, in charge of the SEC. He was, very, he was verbally abusive and sometimes physically, physically abusive as well. Um, so that's what I faced for 18 years.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't think I knew to the extent um, but yeah. I remember you sort of getting the idea that it was like not a pleasant experience for you.
1: No, not not a pleasant experience yeah. at all. Yeah,
0: we. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have my own versions of my religious upbringing. Probably not mm-hmm. like yours, but I think it's good once we finally <laughs> get into our adulthood and we're able to find our own path. It was fun to kind of witness yours. Uh, mm in college kind of like slowly like layer by layer watch you discover yourself and that it was yeah okay to do that yeah one of the i mean now you're singing obviously but i remember mm-hmm. uh in college when we were singing together mm-hmm. um i don't remember exactly what it was i guess because i guess because maybe we were uh in the same studio or something is that what it was
1: yeah, you, you both. We both had Dr. Luke. In okay, him, okay. Um, so that's yeah, what it was. Yeah. We both had the yeah. same
0: teacher, so we would sing in front of mm. each other. And I remember yeah. there was this moment when you kind of like discovered your voice. Yeah. And we were all were like, "Oh my gosh, listen to that!" <laughs> and you probably you probably were like shocked too
1: when you heard it. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'd, I I kind of discovered it. I was just playing around. Right. Uh, and I still remember it. I was playing around in the hallway and I was just like, Oh, and, uh, and uh, Dr. Lucan came out and was like, was that you? Yeah. And I said, yeah, that was me. And I said, that was me. I was just playing around. And she said, I'll see you next lesson. This is something I can really uh, venture into. Yeah. So.
0: I had a similar experience. Um, mm. it was like at a master class or something and we were doing something just to make me play around and be silly with my voice. And you hmm. and you just kind of oh that's what I'm supposed to be accessing, uh you know and it's it's funny so, uh voice study is an interesting just process in itself like an allegory to yeah. discovering like you're a true self you have to really dig at it and work at it, yeah you know and I agree. um I agree yeah um so the reason for some reason I I haven't been seeing your Facebook updates I don't know you know, and I. Hmm. The whole reason this kind of came up is because our mutual friend, Sophia, uh, <laughs> who now is over here on the West coast with me in California. Yeah,
1: I know. I know. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She just moved here uh, to San Francisco. I'm in Los Angeles. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So we're, we're planning a trip for me to go up there and see her. Wow. Cool. Yeah. But she, um, she shared your latest music video on her page. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa what is this and so i watched it and it was it was really incredible um this i know that i do know that you've been like performing and you've had you're building building a career over there in norway so first Mm -hmm. tell me okay so let's go from we're in college we're uh we're on a (laughs) we're on our england tour hanging out going to different restaurants and like uh Playing with our what, what fashion we're going to wear that day out of our hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you and I both discovered wearing the uh, handkerchief around the neck. That was the yes, that yes, was our new which style, is
1: the, which is a big thing here in Norway. A oh, lot I, of be, I wear. bet, yeah, I bet it is. Yeah, it's and the they're very, very, very chic people.
0: Yeah, well, we were very yeah. chic then too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so let's go from there. And then you, um, you graduated. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you did, you did a really stellar performance, um, of the music man. I remember too.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, that was, that was, you know, who, well, Justin, uh, cope mm. was kind of the, he was kind of the one that pushed me mm. and he's the one, he's the one that actually made me believe that I can really do this. Cause he was like, man, you can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. And, and we kind of had this like friendly competition, you know, and we were pra- we were practicing together cause we live together. Uh, for a while, oh, that's right. Um, and uh, so we were practicing music, the parts and everything together. And if I did something like wrong, he would say, "Man, you could do better than that." And then when we auditioned, I mean, I, I just gave it my all. And when they gave me the part, I was just like, "What?" And then I just, I just—that's when I knew that okay, I, I can really do something with this uh, with uh, classical music and, and musicals and things like that
0: yeah that's right that oh man that boy justin uh yeah that yeah, was man. uh that was a big loss for every, a lot of
1: people uh, i i to this day I still can't believe it like mm. i still i think about him like almost every day
0: yeah so just to for people listening uh a good friend of ours in college justin cope uh who was just um i always call him the better version of me. <laughs> um but yeah he was he sung with us and he was in our music program and just a delightful wonderful spirit and then just we suddenly lost him yeah one day and i remember i remember hearing that morning when it happened i think the night before i was in science class i vividly remember yeah um carrie you remember carrie yeah i do uh we were in class together and then she told me and then we had to leave and then we went over to the house it was just a and also for us experiencing death at that young of an age, yeah, it was really hard to process, right?
1: Yeah, it really was. Like I, I couldn't believe it. Like I was just like, "Is he really gone?"
0: Yeah. Is this supposed to happen? This isn't supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. This that
1: like this stuff, that was the first time I said, "Why? Why, God?" Mm. That's that's that was my, the first time I said, "Why?" to to God, mm. like.
0: You know, yeah. um, something I haven't ever shared, um, now that we're talking about that, um, I think it was the next day, or the day after, or something like that, I had a dream mm-hmm. where Justin came and, and visited me, in my dream, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know um, what you think about all that, but... but uh, no.
1: I, I I'm with you. I had kind of like this the same type of thing as well. Did you? Like yeah, I I I had this like dream like he was still alive. Mm. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, like he was still alive. Like
0: yeah, he had. We had a conversation. It was strange. I was at the dream was I was at a at a party like at someone's house and we were all were there, which we used to do more in college. <laughs> um, and I I kept hearing um something up the stairs in the attic so i went upstairs in this attic and it was just this like empty space and it was really quiet and out of the shadow justin walked out of the shadows and i mm. in my dream i knew that he had died so i mm. said wait you're supposed to be dead you know like you're not mm. here and then <laughs> and then and true justin coat for for him he started grabbing he uh, said, "Let's dance," and so we we like ball <laughs> we ballroom danced around the <laughs> attic, and um he was laughing and giggling, and he's like, "No, man, I'm good. I just wanted to tell you everything's fine, and it's all good." And then he disappeared again, and then I woke up. Yeah, it was. But just,
1: I, I've, it's the same thing I had as well, but not your your type of version. But right, yeah. I, I think it's it was his way to to tell us that he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. like we'll see him soon right in we'll that joking
0: laughing yeah
1: manner yeah that's the first thing when i first got to uh, when i went into the choir room and that was my first time walking in the first thing i noticed was just mm smile mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot the of us just...
0: yeah that was yeah. yeah well um yeah okay so uh so we're in college and then mm-hmm. um, I get a little hazy there because I start uh, at that point, I was starting my career in teaching and having my mm-hmm. isms with figuring out my life um, <laughs> and um, still figuring it out, I think. So you see, so, so tell me, you graduated college from mm-hmm. CSU. What happened after that?
1: Uh, I, like, I, I did a little bit of working and uh, for like a year and mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to go back and study my master's in music performance, and um, my sister was living up in uh, Rock Hill, and um, I actually was like, "Hmm, there was a she went to the university there at Winthrop, and she, and I was like, maybe I should call some people and see uh, if I can audition maybe for to do my master's in music performance, and also." Justin's parents live there. Right. So, yeah. I I stayed with them for the summer. Okay. And, and, you know, and hoping to do the audition and getting into the program. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my way of getting into the master program at Winthrop University. Okay. And um, I auditioned for them. And uh, (laughs) the first thing they said to me was, like, and the teacher, his name was Mr. Helton, uh, rest in peace he was like uh, i think you're a tenor that's what he said and i was huh. like oh okay i've been singing and and actually previously i i did the met audition um, wow. and the judges said the same thing they said i think you should you should do you should actually explore tenor and i was like okay i don't know about that <laughs> i've been singing <laughs> Bass and baritone yeah. for, you know, part of the, uh, for the whole C- CSU when I was there. And so, and then, yeah, it was just like a notification from Mr. Hilton that, okay, you should really study tenor. and So that's how I ended up in the program. They accepted me in the program. And uh, yeah, I was there for a year and a half studying, um, yeah, tenor roles.
0: <laughs> really? So you, so you actively yeah. sung in tenor study?
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow,
0: did you feel like that? Did you feel that was validated? Did you feel like, oh yeah, I am a tenor, or what was that like?
1: Yeah, I I did I did because um I started doing like small like roles like Mono- monos and in Mozart mm-hmm. and those kind of, and it sits a little bit high from, yeah uh, higher than the baritone yeah. range and it felt really good mm. and I was just like oh wow and then I auditioned for a summer program upper program which was in North Carolina and um, yeah, I got into that program doing tenor. Wow. Yeah.
0: Maybe I need to change it up then and do some tenor.
1: Yeah, I think you're a tenor, believe it or not. I've
0: I've heard that before too. Yeah. Um I don't know. I um I don't sing anymore in the regards mm-hmm. of solo singing and things like that. Although I'm considering playing around with it again, but I do sing mm-hmm. in choir on a choir here in Los
2: Angeles.
1: Mm-hmm. Um oh, wow. nice.
0: Yeah, it's a I mean, obviously not over the past year we haven't been. Um, there was, I just looked in the AGO magazine and there was this, um, church called St. James in the city, just, uh, just down the block that had organ concerts. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go check that out. So I, I think I came back that Sunday or they, or they had an even song service or something like that. And I remember hearing the choir and I was just like crying. Cause like, are you serious? (laughs) Because it was, it brought back Immediately, those memories from when we sang at the York Minster.:
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: the trip that we were just talking about. Yeah. is um, I would say, I mean, I think people that do some sort of art for a living feel like they can't do anything else. Is that true for you?
1: <sighs> yeah, in a way, yes, but I actually went back to school because I here in Norway. Uh, I studied my master's in music management. Oh, yeah. So I I did the I I actually took part in the business side of music. Um, Even though even though it's part of the arts, you're kind of dealing with um, the like the the you're in it, the business, you have the context and things. You have to really know how to promote your music and stuff like that. And so um, I would say I, I I can't live without the arts, but I could I could do something else. You and can live off that. You can
0: enhance uh-huh. your own career in some other different way.
1: Yes, I could.
0: Yeah, I th- mm. I feel that, i especially as you get older, I think you're either, because I knew from, I mean, I knew I knew that I could sing, mm. but I don't I don't think I really wanted that like life. I don't mm. you know because it takes work. It takes. Promotion, yeah. promoting yourself, and headshots, and all, like you said, auditions, yeah. and you know the hustle. And I didn't want it that much, you yeah. know. I kind of was more interested in what I'm doing now, which is telling other people's stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I interrupted your your journey here. So you're okay. It's you graduate. Hello. You went to Winthrop, and you mm-hmm. got your master's. And then okay, where? So what happened after your you graduated from there?
1: No, I I didn't graduate from there. I oh, actually, you didn't. No, I took I I went. And became an exchange student in Norway.
0: okay gotcha so we're that's where to, we are to
1: continuing my masters okay in, in music, music performance how did that come about well dude it was crazy uh because i felt like i was a bit alone there actually mm. and um and I, I i was just looking for friends you know to hang around with and um actually the international people that were coming from like Sweden and Norway and Finland and uh, France and, and Italy, you know, they kind of had their own cliques. And so mm. I was a, a really intrigued about, you know, try, trying to get to know these cliques. And um, I met some friends uh, from Sweden and they were really cool. I mean, we we did a lot of things together, partying and just, you know, that's that's what they're there for mainly yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i mean and uh so and one of my friends he was my he was actually my best man at my wedding Mm. he's like man you you should come to the scandinavian country and i was like hmm maybe but and, and i wanted to go abroad again because i wanted to continue my studies in music performance so i was thinking mostly italy or or germany yeah and uh so I went to this kind of table where they had, you know, the international uh, studies, and I went to the Italy uh, area and I went to the Germany area. They said, "Oh, we don't, we don't offer this program, masters in music performance." So then I went to Norway, and uh, and they said, "Yes, we do have uh, this masters in music performance program." And so I said, "Oh, wow, okay. I don't know about this country. Is that like every Americans we say?" Is Norway part of Sweden?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was,
1: just, I was like,
0: in just in my head. I was thinking, okay, I know nothing about Norway. I'm gonna have to learn
1: really quick. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, that's that was that that was my mentality, and so. But after that, I started hanging more with Swedish friends and my Norwegian friends, and I just man, I, I fell in love with the, just how they approach the uh, the culture. The culture was. Vastly different from American's mm-hmm. culture, yeah. And so sure. um, they're much more reserved, and and much more you have, you have to you have to earn their trust. And so uh, I really found that, I found I found that challenging. And so I decided, you know, okay, I'm gonna try an audition for this uh, program. And yeah, the director came. He actually came t- from Norway to visit. Uh, the um, the university in, in in Rock Hill, and um, my director said you should meet him. So I met him and and I really got a good vibe with him and and I said okay I'm gonna just do it. So audition, got the paperwork and everything together. Next thing I know, I was in Norway. Wow, studying my yeah studying my masters in music performance. So
0: you're um you step you stepped foot in Norway for the first time. Yeah, You're breathing the air, you're seeing, looking around you. Because I always remember that experience when I'm mm. in, a new, in a new place. Describe what that was like for you.
1: It was a ghost town. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience mm. because there there was, I mean, like I said, it's, it's a very, it's much smaller here the com- and it's more of a community base. Mm. Um, especially where I live now, uh, it's very small. So, there's not so much happening as far as the the social aspect and um so where um, far- where in Norway are you
0: Krishasan. okay, and is that in the so, S- southern or
1: yes okay they say they they call it the Bible belt <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so and yeah, it was it was but the thing about you know Norway and krishasan is the nature that's that was my first like encounter with. No way, the nature here is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, it's of course. So beautiful, the fjords and. So you're right uh, on the
0: coast, on the south coast.
1: Yes, I am. I am. Okay, I'm looking at a map right now. Yeah. All right. It's it's beautiful. A lot of tourists come here. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to come see of, you then. You should, man. You should.
0: Wow. So you're it's in Norway, man. and then. So you start, so you start studying voice in Norway
1: at a college there. Mm -hmm. Yes. At the university here. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, all right. So tell me about that. How did that go for you?
1: Yeah, we can just, we just continue on. Um, I met my, my teacher, he was Danish. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was amazing. He, he taught me so many things with my, my vocal technique, um, as far as being a tenor and, um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. And just performing uh, for other people. Perform- I was performing for the international students. I was performing for my peers. And yeah, it was just an amazing experience. So, But the thing is, uh, here at the university, they had something called the rhythmic section, which is like popular music, um, rock, pop, and all types of music. So that really in, intrigued me as well. Mm, yeah. And so I started exploring that. They started having jam sessions and stuff like that. And I started going to it and I started performing to, well, on that in that area as well. And I just, I fell in love with that so much.
0: What about that so made you attracted to it?
1: Just, for the first time I felt, you, you know, you have, you have the music clicks, you know? and uh as far as like everybody's hanging out and and they had that there as well but the thing is they were so relaxed they were vibey and uh, the conversation was just like easy you know Uh, in these jam sessions and in getting to know that that side of the studies in the university so um yeah it was just comfortable i felt comfortable
0: okay and then so while you're there Tell me about your your story with me. Is it Ramona?
1: Yeah, I'm Ramona.
0: How, uh, so how did you meet Ramona that, while you were there?
1: I have my friend and I. And yeah, I'm cool.
0: I'm assuming that Ramona is also a singer. Yes, be, she is a be, singer because I hear her singing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, she he hears you singing. <laughs> singing yes, she's a singer. She used to do like musicals as well. She used to do. Wow. Like, okay. So.
0: That must be how you guys met. No, no. Uh,
1: we, I'm, <laughs> I met uh, her when I was in the city with a friend of mine, like I said, Ghost Town. Yeah. And she was just sitting there and she was just like wearing this like fabulous white dress. And I told my friend, I think she's really pretty. She's very classy. And, and so I just went up to her and I said, I think you have a very beautiful dress. And, and that's how everything started. We started hanging out and, getting to know each other and like really getting to i got to know her past and everything like that and it was really um and actually she was my first relationship ever believe it or not ever
0: no way
1: yes yes i didn't know She's that first. yeah i didn't have a girlfriend
0: wow Mm-mm. wow dion you hit the jackpot
1: i did wow i did and so so the key is
0: the, the key is to um, that fashion is always the path to success. Oh. Yes.
1: <laughs> and she's very fashionable. She, she had, well, clearly she
0: because me. you complimented her white dress and that's what got you in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah. So she, she's been dressed. She dresses me. She, she made me. I mean, she made me look like a European. <laughs> no,
0: I've been looking at your p- pictures and I was like, wow. He's like, you're a fashion model too now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because of her so yeah
0: that's great yeah. and so now you have four kids you just had one recently i guess like within the last yes. month yeah uh, a couple weeks last week last, last week. week wow okay
1: mm-hmm. wow and what are their names yeah uh cosmo kion Kiara, and kalea
0: oh okay all these uh alliteration names yes i love it um, yeah. what about the language? Have you had to learn the language there
1: or is it that they yeah,
0: I assume they speak English too, but
1: they do they do speak English especially yeah. if if you if you're american they you kind of get a pass <laughs> yeah, sure, but uh i I do speak a little bit of the language so
0: what is, and is it Norwegian is that what they call it' it's Norwegian okay, can you all right, so give me a little sample
1: okay, uh like uh, as far as like okay. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah, hit the Dion. Uh, yeah, come from USA. Uh, you yeah, come to Noga, uh, uh some Vexler student. Uh, you met Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, I <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to say I'm married to Norwegian. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, yeah. so what did you just say? I said, my name is Dion Isaiah. Uh, from the United States. Uh I came to Norway as an exchange student. I met my wife here and she's Norwegian. Wow. Impressive. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: So I assume you're just like as you're immersed in the culture, you just continue to learn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is it it's spoken a, a lot?
1: A, oh, it's spoken a lot. A lot. Okay.
0: I found it's that a... tr- yeah. Okay. And by the way, do you prefer? I noticed you said Dion Isaiah. Is that your is that what you go by now?
1: No, you can, you know me. Maybe you can call me Dion. <laughs> Dion. Yeah, but um, my artist name. My artist name is Dion. Oh, okay, Isaiah. got it, got it. My boy, I'll call you my boy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, I noticed that when I went. So I went to um Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Uh, like two. I would say last year because last year the the real last year was like canceled. So, mm-hmm. the the year before that. Year before yes. Um. Yeah, and I noticed. Um, obviously, they speak Dutch. Yes, and um, it's very difficult. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing similar to English at all.
1: No, and a lot of people, a lot of people in Norway do not like that language. <laughs> yeah, I
0: bet. Yeah, I mean, and they speak English too. Um, mm-hmm. Thank God. But I remember just uh, going there and going, staying at the hotels and things, and just listening to it. There would be conversations happening. I just had no clue it's a difficult yeah. language um it is yeah, it's similar to
1: it's a little bit similar to like german yeah and and also a bit i i forgot i think it was Belgium i don't know it's a yeah. mixture yeah
0: well there there's mm. they're um i mean Belgium is just south of them there a bit, so mm. that, that makes sense um but you
1: know you know in the norwegian language it's also you can hear a little bit german as well yeah like uh like it's, mm. we say uh they state they have that in Ger- germany uh school or yeah it's yeah, a lot of right. things but also english as well is a bit prevalent in uh, the norwegian language oh, as well okay okay so it, it's it's some similarities uh they use a little bit of the language from english as well
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah the more you're immersed in something like i you know in mexico my spanish is ultimately improved when i'm there living in it Mm -hmm. uh yeah so i'm sure that's easier when you're there so you seem to be like really just immersed so you you've do you feel like now you're just a norwegian like you're just there you're living that life and that's you're you're happy there
1: i i I, in my heart i'm still american (laughs) well yeah right i i i i feel that even though i live live in this country and i'm I'm so thankful to Mm. be living in this country. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think I'll ever move back to home. Uh, I still feel as being American, Mm. really.
0: Yeah, Um, well, that's interesting. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously, you know, it's been going on in our country recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you I wanted to hear a little bit about you as a a black American Yeah. and as my friend what's been going through your mind, especially I mean the last few days with this Yeah. Chauvin trial and um, yeah, Yeah because 'Cause you've been uh, it's interesting, you've been witnessing it from afar.
1: Yeah, I have. And my my heart hurt my heart is hurting actually. It's it's a bit broken because um of what I've seen that has what I've seen transpired in my country, you know, mm-hmm. um when it comes to the injustice and just so many things. It's just it just seems that my country is America is broken right now, mm. and um, yeah, I just I don't know. We need some type of saving, yeah, <laughs> uh, because uh, and and being as a black man, um, I, I I don't. It hurts. It really hurts, you know. Mm-hmm. And I always always talk to my sister about it and just ask her what's going on and because. You know, we don't really see too much. You know, uh, as for we've been seeing what's going on now, and people see what's happening now with in, the injustice between on black people and things like that. We're seeing it now, but I've been seeing it all my life, mm-hmm. so yeah. it's it's it's, no, it's nothing new to me. But now, now my wife and and you know and family family members of, of here that are, that are here in Norway, they see what's happening now. And they say, wow, that's, well, wow. they, they're hurting too, you know? Mm. So um, sometimes I, I, I'm, I get angry, you know, mm-hmm. because um, this type of thing is just now people seeing it, but it's been happening way too long, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I feel sometimes like it's just too late, like, but it's not too late, but yeah, how many lives could could have been saved? Yeah, if we if people would have seen this before, you know.
0: Right. That's something interesting over this past year that uh, that I've had to really like seriously take a really good honest look at my own actions and my own uh, thoughts processes about mm-hmm. about that. When whenever it whatever it is whatever the incident is or whatever the movement is that's finally getting people's attention. Yeah and and you know this trial with uh the Chauvin trial. Yeah. And it is um somebody I think I think it was the um the poet that was um the presidential poet Gorman, Amanda mm-hmm. Gorman is that her name? Yeah, Amanda Gorman. Oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: She was the poet for the inauguration of the uh, yes, President yeah. Biden. Yeah, I think it was a tweet from her that said this is what Amanda Gorman said. A reminder that victory would have would be George Floyd being alive. Mm. Every day Black Americans worry if they will be next is another day
1: without justice. Exactly. But you know, I mean I, I I want people to understand that even though you know, Norway and other countries are seeing what's going on. Yeah. It's also very well hit, um it's very hidden as far as racism here, mm. uh, in Norway. They don't they don't openly dis- display it or they don't publicly display it, but you can you know I know mm-hmm. that it's very well hidden here. <laughs> so, sure, uh, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. sure. I um, that was one of the main thoughts that I had when I was in Amsterdam, We were around this beautiful place and these. Canals and these old beautiful buildings and all this amazing stuff. this right here in this, this exact place, this is where the Holocaust happened, and they were just mm-hmm. executing people because of their race mm-hmm. and so yeah, I, and I even talked to um i was there was like this uh jewelry seller, like right on the street, had a little cart, and I have a thing mm-hmm. for rings and stuff, so I was getting a ring, and I was talking with him, and he was just saying how. You know, it happened so gradually mm-hmm. that people just kind of let it slide because it wasn't this. Oh, it's not that bad, or oh, we yes. yeah, you know, those Jews, mm-hmm. we just kind of make fun of them. It's kind of a thing, but then suddenly it's now they're executing them in the streets. Like oh yeah, wow, this is you know. So they're all everybody's culpable about letting things go too far yeah and then you know
1: it's still it's still happening i mean sure. just we have to people have to be more careful now, you know mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's just crazy man yeah, but you know
0: um if you can't get through today, then just start over tomorrow that's what i'm that's what i'm doing exactly
1: that that's i think that's the the best approach and, yeah um I think it's also important to keep keep your family close, you know, because, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I always keep my family the center of my attention because you never know life is fragile, and so yeah. I I try not to I don't fixate my my thought process on like petty stuff, you know, because. And and I'm not saying the stuff that uh, the stuff that's going on in my country is petty. I'm not saying that, but I think we, we have to. Uh, it's it's really hard to try to find a resolution, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important that we continue moving on, and we continue to. We have to teach our kids. You know, I think it all starts from the home as well. Like we need to teach our kids the right way, when it comes to. Uh, social injustice, when it comes to racism, when it comes to things like this, like, we have to teach our kids uh, about these things. um, So it doesn't get worse, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because my, my, my kids are going to be, uh, they're going to grow up. And, and I, and I fear that if we if we don't, if I don't teach them the right way, that things can happen to them uh, and they want things that they don't, they won't understand and, and, you know, just, I want them to, I want to be, I want them to be prepared for mm. this world, this world, you know, yeah. what's going to happen in this world, because it's it like, like Joy said, it, it, it's not going, it doesn't seem like it's going to get better.
0: Yeah. And that's, it's such a, it's such a sad thing when you have to prepare your kids or prepare yourself for this what may be out there you know yeah. and having a fear around hmm. uh and that's what I, that's what I'm coming to kind of understand just today was just I was reading some poetry uh which is a new thing for me <laughs> um but I I I bought this book uh an anthology of African American poetry um, oh nice man yeah just to kind of I re- I try to read a poem every morning but then I realized I bought this book and it's been sitting here. So I was like, all right, I'm going to start reading this to kind of, because these are stories and -hmm. poetry is a nice way to get into people's heart pretty quick about what they're trying to express. And um, so I'm going to try to read those too, just to kind of, we all need to not just learn about history and everything that's in the books, but also just about personal people's stories yeah um and what it's like to be what it's like to be you Mm. you know and not just um what's in a on the news or what's on someone's social media account but um yeah just true heartfelt soul-bearing ideals and pains Mm. and all those things that we can experience so we so we can be more human together um yeah and so so speaking of poetry you're you're kind of a poet too writing this writing these lyrics for this song
1: yeah um yeah right i,
0: I had that <laughs> I thought this morning as i was reading i was like ah you know these these poems these are also i mean that's what song lyrics are are rap lyrics or yeah. you know these are just expressions of, of words that, that are inside of us so this song called morning light this is yeah. the one you're promoting right now so let's talk about it mm-hmm. um tell me a little bit about it what where did it come from what is it what is it about
1: Well, it's what we kind of like, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. About, you know, just, you know, everything's going to be all right. You know, we, we're, we're we're faced with challenges right now, uh, today, uh, with the Corona, uh, just everyday life right now. I think people are just so in this down period, you know, Mm -hmm. and some people are even depressed and things like that. And so, this song was, when I wrote this song, I just wanted to motivate people to say, hey, it's gonna be all right. Just keep moving forward, keep being positive, you know? Um, I know people, pos- positivity is kind of a, a hard thing to come by these days, but I think it's really important that we start thinking positive now because yeah, it's just, we don't want, we don't want to have these depressive thoughts
0: well you have to go the other direction
1: mm. uh,
0: so writing the song I wonder maybe uh, maybe I'll play a little bit of it yeah sure and then uh, then you can kind of talk about it afterwards
1: you've experienced hard times through the course, the course of last year a new chapter for the new new year has begun and your future was brighter in the strange hemisphere. If you look to the sun You will find your way And now we're standing in the faces of shadows People lost in the night When you wake up tomorrow Everything will be alright In the faces of shadows People lost in the night When you wake up tomorrow Everything will be alright Come on now you see the morning light Everything
0: will be alright. Listen to that tenor voice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, so uh, yeah. So, talk a little bit about what we just heard.
1: Uh, like, if when you when you experience hard times to the course of last year, because we have experienced so much hard times with the corona, and like I said, everything has been just on a lockdown, and you know things still happening all over the world, even though we're still in this corona time. So um yeah that's what we're facing right now um but a new chapter has begun and i i think that's really important that we like you like you said every day you should think of a new like when you in when you have a chapter you you're just reading through the chapters and you it's a new chapter every day and mm-hmm. uh um and so i think we need to start thinking like that positive and and um knowing that everything is going to be okay you know i mean even though we're still going to go through obstacles and you know every day just think about seeing that morning light seeing the the positive vibes that will happen each day so
0: that's so great actually um literally that's what i do when i i I think i say this on every episode um so i i apologize for those that listen to to each one but uh <laughs> but every yeah i have this great view on my porch my little i have like a little balcony here and it has a, a tree and a garden and then i can see the city horizon like from my balcony so i try yeah. to every morning go out and see the morning light and like like start again and like okay set my intention for the day and yeah. um and then the day might you know it might go to crap but i can start over again tomorrow and look forward to that next morning light so that's really great and where was mm-hmm. this, where was this shot?
1: actually, the video was actually shot in Ghana, yeah, okay,
0: so tell me about how that mm-hmm. happened
1: uh honestly i've it started last year with my previous single live your life um I did a dance challenge, and uh a lot of these African countries just started like wanting to be part of this dance challenge wow, so I got People from Ghana, from Tanzania, uh, from, uh, from what other country as well, Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people participating in this dance challenge and it got big. And people from Australia, from Japan. Wow. Yeah, they started participating in this dance challenge. But when I talk about Africa, I feel like I'm actually tapping back into my ancestral roots, believe yeah. it or not. And, yeah. yeah. And I, and I st- like you said, you've been reading a lot of, uh, of African American poetry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I've been doing a lot of researching about just African history, you yeah, know, Yeah. and, and, uh and just, I'm just how happy they are, and, and things like that. And just, just the whole how rich the country is, believe it or not, African, Africa is, is a very rich country. Um, even though it's shown, the media shows that it's very poor and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But they're, they're a very rich country. And so uh, I I really kind of, I'm tapping into my ancestral roots. And so that's how I came about the music video. Uh, the guy who was a dancer, he was just, he wanted he heard, he heard Morning Light and he said, I want to do a music video to the, uh, to the song. And I was like, okay, sure. And, and yeah.
0: Yeah, wow, look at it. And then yeah. there's also, like, uh, if, you, if you guys watch the video, there's also some scenes of, um, of the street life, like in cars and traffic yeah. and mm-hmm. um, people working together, maybe. And uh, there's daily life of people living their life out there. Yeah. And the, so it, this was it, in it, Ghana.
1: This was in Ghana, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. I've actually had a little bit of African culture education because uh, the church I go to, the church that mm-hmm. I sing for, I was telling you about earlier, Saint James, um, it's so it has this reputation of being so uh, intercultural mm-hmm. be- because it has a very large population um, of Caribbean and uh, Af- Sierra Leonean Africans there. Mm-hmm. So the traditional dress nice. and the the headdresses, yeah, and, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've over the years developed a really closeness, really close friendships with these this African culture there um and the acts that really rich amazing accent that they have um mm-hmm. and we have you know we have um we used to have like every month but every so often we have african christian fellowship sunday and mm-hmm. um everybody gets in their traditional dress and they invite us to do that too if we want to participate and we, we all get together in this big hall and they cook for us all these like mm-hmm. traditional African foods, oh
1: wow, yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> yeah, and uh and we
0: learn things throughout like you know the men serve the food to us, and uh then there's the kids do these like dance dance routines and like this just big celebration of African culture, and it's mm-hmm. one of the really things that I've loved since moving here is learning about my African friends here that that we all go to church together, and so and that's the thing that also. Reminds me when we, when we had that experience in England mm-hmm. of this kind of un- universal, and it was in a, it's a, you know, Church of England, Episcopalian Anglican thing is that so many cultures and ideas and, and music and, um, and speaking and, um, friendships can all kind of work together in their own, but also retain their identity, but mm-hmm. kind of, but share and, and, uh, experience things together.
1: And, and what if the whole world can be like that? I know. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, what, that's where what we need to, to get, that's how we can resolve all of this uh, shenanigans. Like, yeah. All coming together.
0: Yeah. Retaining our together. individuality, but sharing yeah. and, ex- and celebrating our differences. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you're doing that with this song because that's, yeah. I mean, that's how artists, I, I said in one of my last, uh, episodes that that's what artists do our job as artists is to propel this idea forward to keep yes you know to keep doing whatever it is you're if you're a music or artist or a poet or a singer or whatever it is so um so over this past year obviously we've all you kept bringing up the coronavirus and um, Mm -hmm. i think everybody has a story i mean it's been a year or more of our lives and actually i'm what I'm hearing from when I talk to people is a lot of all the positivity that's come out of it. Yes, so I'm wondering over this past year and a half or or maybe I mean we're still sort of going through it, what's been the one or two major things that that have come out of this that you've learned
1: for yourself? i I felt like I got to connect actually the one thing I connect with my kids more because during that period where we were quarantined and things like that, my my kids, they they could they could somewhat speak English. But when we was quarantine, we were all together in this one house. Mm. And we connected even more because my 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 sons, and my daughter, there's, they started speaking English, like, they started hearing me more speaking my language. And, and yeah, they now, my first son, he speaks fluent English and fluent Norwegian, no problem. Wow. It's, so one thing I got from, because you see, you hear about a lot about the homeschooling and how, and, and people are like, oh, I, no, you should go to public school and stuff like that. And actually, homeschooling is not a bad idea. And that's what I, during this corona time, I was able to help my son with his assignments and and really connect with him even more uh, as far as, um, yeah, with the language.
0: Yeah, and it's an interesting thought to think about. It's not which education system is better, but it's hmm. about how can we create a, a culture of educating the whole child and the whole, the, yes. you know, everything, everything yes. around them. And that's one another thing I've learned from my African fellowship um, family is they teach me all the time about what community really is. Hmm. So they're very much like if one person is suffering, everybody does. Yeah. Or if there's one person that's hungry, everybody says, what, what can we do to help you? And that's, um, they really demonstrate uh, for me what it means to be community and family and that this kind of village mentality of that, we all celebrate our successes. We all are sad when someone else is sad. We all mourn together. Um, yes. it's a really comforting thing to have that community because uh and and I when I went to Paris because I'd never been to Paris, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go." <laughs> um I was waiting for some guy to take me to Paris. I was like, "No, I'll just take myself." <laughs> um, so but I went, um, one of the like first people I met was someone of a uh, Caribbean African descent. Mm-hmm. And I felt immediately at home because of my African family here. Mm-hmm. I just felt comforted knowing that, you know, those people and, yeah, and learning about their culture, that they're everywhere. It's, um, yeah. you yeah. know, so it's, yeah, I'm learning about all sorts of stuff, um, but that's, I'm hearing that a lot about um, families getting closer together through this time mm-hmm. of isolation. So this connectedness and learning about culture and, um, how our, um, how us as our music journey, which of, which has you and I experienced together in, in England with this other historical connection and, yeah and then you traveling around and being interested in meeting other people with their new cultures. And now you're, mm-hmm. uh, now you're expressing that. Story through your music in all sorts yeah. of different ways on a global scale, yeah, um, right. and then uh, then you look out by creating your own culture with your new family, mm-hmm. and that's that's exactly. exponentially growing apparently.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last the last two are unexpected, but we're, we're
0: are you gonna keep okay, going? Yeah. What's going on with that?
1: No, no, no. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Okay, it's over. I, no I got the I got the you know snitch Four is enough. Yes, enough.
0: Oh, you got the snip no. snip.
1: Yeah, I got the snip snip.
0: Okay, so it's it's really over now. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Yeah. Um, anything else you wanna you wanna mention before we go out?
1: Um. Well. Uh. I just. I. I really actually just want to give like. I know we talk. I talk about you know my career and everything like that, but yeah. I think it's important for me to to talk about peop the people that actually have helped me to yeah. get into this position. Sure. And um, one of my, my business partner, who I work with uh, at Esther Recordings, um, we are a production and promotional team. And um, he has really, we've been working together since 2016, and he's really helped me out with so much uh, when it comes to music. And, you know, we, we're still learning as musicians, and he just taught me so much about, you know, um, my music skills and how to progress and. And I've actually helped him with a promotion for his artists and himself as an artist as well. So we kind of just work together now and, um, you know, he's been a big, huge, uh, part of my, my, my success.
0: And what's yeah. his name?
1: His name is Isak Newgard.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a very yeah.
1: Norwegian name. Yeah. Very Norwegian. name. So, <laughs> well, you um, sound
0: like, I mean, from, we've been talking, you've had a lot of people help mentor you and help pull you through yeah. stuff and you've also returned the favor by helping other people i mean you and i yeah when you and i were, were um in england and and building our friendship we helped each other out mm-hmm. by encouraging each other and now yeah. speaking about morning light i mean you're you're helping to bring this this message and what what you've experienced to to other people
1: exactly yeah exactly and uh i just i just want people to be uh <laughs> Be positive, you know? We're gonna get out of this this rut. We just need to mm-hmm. um, wake up every morning, see that morning light, and just, you know, live.
0: Yeah, live. That's a good way to end, live yeah. your life. It was great talking to you, Dion. Um, it's it been awesome, so long, but I'm so glad you're doing well, and you have a beautiful family, and uh, all really the, appreciate it, it's really great to see um, my friends do great stuff, so. We'll talk soon. Thank you, man. Have we'll a good soon, evening in Norwegian. <laughs> yeah,
1: Norwegian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how do you say? How
0: do you say good night in Norwegian? Gnat. Oh, that's easy. That's almost German. Yeah. It is. Gnat. Okay.
1: So good. So good. Sleep well. All right.
0: Thanks, Dion. Yes. Good to see you. See you, man.